It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not get indicted in Manhattan yesterday. Donald Trump, your 45th president becoming the first president in the 246-year history of our country to get criminally indicted. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We're going to get to the bottom of it in this hour, but it is significant. Ulysses S. Grant was once cited as a president for speeding on a horse, uh, but Trump is facing actual charges for allegedly sleeping with someone he called a horse face. <laughs> 888-788-9910. The phone number if you want to help us crack the code and hold this country together on a historical day uh, and not in a good way. But 888-788-9910. Uh, now, no better time. There's no better time than now to remind everyone listening. Uh, today is not a day of activism. Today is very much a talk show. You're all welcome. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. This country needs all the hands, all the help it can get. All hands on deck. So be a Republican. Be a Democrat. All we ever ask, especially today, is that you don't be a So there it goes. Happy Friday. Lee Zeldin's going to be here. He, of course, was the Republican nominee for governor in New York uh, this past election cycle. We're also going to talk to Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. Former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, Paul Morrow, uh, retired NYPD inspector, is also going to walk us inside this grand jury process uh, that resulted last night in the jury uh, voting to indict on 34 counts a former president of the United States. What the hell is the world coming to? The world, I don't know, but the country, like, it is, to be clear— Banana Republic territory. Okay, make no mistake about it. Like Alvin Bragg in this moment is engaging in a very aggressive exercise in image rehabilitation. All politics are local. This is Alvin Bragg, a guy who wants to run for reelection, coming through with the one deliverable, the one deliverable that might actually get his constituents to overlook just how much he's failed them on crime and safety. He knows what he's talking about. Just to be clear, so Alvin Bragg is a guy, okay, who has written down, downgraded, 52% of violent felons. You did, you rob somebody, you rape somebody, 52% of the time he's lowered the charges. Okay, this is the one time in the history of his tenure where he's going to try and take a misdemeanor and bump it all the way up to a felony, okay? And it really is a very difficult and treacherous 
move if, in fact, it's going to work off because it all hinges on an interpretation of the law we've never seen before in court. It involves tying a local charge to a federal charge. Long story short, this is a move that reeks of political desperation. Correct the mundo. It doesn't read like a move that's being conducted with the greater good in mind because there's no way anybody benefits. I mean, the Democrats don't benefit from this. I get it that for a lot of, you know, liberal couples on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, a lot of couples in the D.C. Beltway, yes, this was their number one sexual fantasy. I mean, get Donald Trump going to jail to these people? I love it when you talk dirty. Oh, God, (laughs) you have no idea. But in terms of the Pandora's box, it opens as far as future presidents getting prosecuted. This is a bad day for everybody. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Biden could be in huge trouble if Republicans want to react to this precedent the way they did. Now, that remains to be seen. But the only thing we know for certain in this moment is that the country is in trouble right now. So you got to understand, Okay, Alvin Bragg ran for D.A. and told the people of New York his number one issue was getting Donald Trump. Now, is Donald Trump living in New York? The answer would be no. Was Donald Trump the one pushing women in front of subway cars? The answer would be no. Is Donald Trump the guy leading the 228% spike in Asian hate crimes? The answer would be no. So naturally, though, Alvin Bragg says, well, you know, you get me into office. I'm not going to handle any of that stuff, but I am going to go after Donald Trump. And this is where politics are more important than people. You know, if you live in New York right now, you should hate this guy with all the fiber in your being for turning the streets into what they've become. But there's enough people that pull voting levers here that hate Trump so much that Alvin Bragg prosecuting Trump is an opportunity for him to fail upward, meaning he doesn't have to get Trump, he doesn't have to convict him, and he's not going to convict him. This is garbage. It's 34 counts of garbage, and we'll get to them, okay? But putting his name on the national map and establishing him himself in the Democrat elite circles as, he's the guy that went after Trump. That works out for Bragg, whether he wins the case or he loses the case. But here is Bragg, just so there's no mistake about it. He was on Hot 97, uh, and he had told them during the election cycle, yes, going after Donald Trump, that's the, the number one issue. The number one issue, clip 24. Are they going to convict Donald Trump? That, that, that is uh, the number one issue we know he's investigating and what i'll say is i'm the only i was the first to announce against side vance i too have a lot of issues which is why i decided to run i'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with with donald trump i was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office we sued the trump administration over a hundred times uh for the muslim travel ban for family separation at the border for shenanigans with the census uh, so I know how to to litigate uh, with him. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, it'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's, that'd be the most important, uh, most high-profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's... you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, be- I believe we have to hold him accountable. Uh, I haven't seen all the facts beyond the public, but I've litigated with him. And so I'm... I'm prepared to go where the facts take me once I see them uh, and hold them accountable. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Seriously, uh, when you really re- listen to that, he's openly acknowledging that this is a politically motivated prosecution. Okay? He came into office vowing to get Donald Trump. He's trying to go about doing it by resurrecting a case that the feds said was worthless. 
that the previous New York district attorney said was worthless. This was considered a zombie case, which is just a dead-end, open-ended thing that they forget about. It's DOA. But this guy who who ran on vowing to get Trump is now attempting to resurrect a zombie case and go get Trump, which raises an even bigger question, which is can Trump even get a fair trial here in New York City where people are that hell-bent on getting the guy and the city itself happens to vote 90% liberal, that it'd be hard for his defense team to really consent to a jury selection process in a city that would rather put a president in handcuffs than a mugger or a rapist or a robber. Like, it's a really dumb time to be alive. But when you look into the specifics of this, 34 counts are coming in. Oh, look out. This is a classic flood the zone strategy where they don't even have a quality allegation so much as they're just cobbling together a quantity of allegations. They're trying to build a meatball out of 100 different allegations, mush it together, and then hope it adds up to one actual, you know, discernible truth. I don't know that it'll go there, okay? Nobody would bring this charge against anybody but Donald Trump. And I know there were a lot of people rejoicing today because they hate Donald Trump. But here's, you know, Alan Dershowitz, a guy who voted against Trump twice, Flat out saying, okay, if this was a legitimate case, it could have happened at any time in the last seven years. So the timing of this reads really poorly for not only Bragg, but for the country. Clip nine. He could have indicted him any day over the last seven years and that they deliberately violated the statute of limitations because no previous prosecutor would go after him. The very fact that the indictment came down when he was out of state proves that they could have indicted him any time before the indictment came down. So there's that problem. So what he's saying to Alvin Bragg is, You gotta do better than that. Okay, you're well beyond the statute of limitations. The only way, and we're going to talk to a legal expert on this, the only way this case even becomes viable is if there's a first-of-its-kind interpretation of a law that would extend the statute of limitations on this case by tying it to a federal campaign finance violation. Okay, a federal campaign finance violation, by the way, it's worth pointing out, that Hillary Clinton has pled guilty to such a thing and paid a fine. Barack Obama famously was also found guilty of campaigning, uh, you know, committing a campaign finance violation. What do the two Democrats who committed campaign violations have in common? Neither of them got indicted. Okay, Donald Trump paying hush money after he allegedly slept with a porn star. Hubba, hubba. Not saying it's great. But Donald Trump, the only one met with an actual criminal indictment. So until further notice, until they unseal the indictment, this reads a lot like the Russia probe, which was, again, death by a thousand cuts, the Ukraine impeachment, the second impeachment, Trump's taxes. You don't understand. We got him now. And they try to leak so many anonymous bombshell, you know, sourced materials that it really does create the scenario in which the walls are closed. Oh, the walls are closing in. It's bad. You know, in the Mueller probe, if you remember, there were so many bombshell leaks. Essentially, the goal of the Mueller probe was not to reach a conclusion. The goal was to force Trump to commit an unforced error for all intents and purposes, fire Mueller and create the perception that there was a there there. Okay, they knew they didn't have the goods because they knew the whole probe was paid for, you know, and based on the Steele dossier something Hillary Clinton has now pled guilty to committing a campaign finance violation to even fund and circulate the Steele dossier. But understand, 
Okay, the whole Mueller probe was based on that fake, phony dossier, and it was designed to create the perception that Trump was compromised. He had rigged an election, which is supposed to go to jail for saying that in 2023 for some reason, but you could say it for the four years of his administration, A-OK. But the point is, they tried to force him out of office with a soft coup and an overwhelming amount of unsourced allegations. That was the driving force. When it didn't pan out, they just moved on to Ukraine. Well, he withheld the aid from Ukraine, and they didn't get their stuff. You're not telling me the truth. They got all their stuff. Okay, and then it became, well, he's going to impeach him over January 6th. He's going to jail for incitement. Yeah, we're two years past January 6th. If they were going to charge him for incitement, they could have charged him the day of. They could have charged him the day after. They could have charged him the year after, but they didn't. You want to know why? Because he's not getting charged for that. Bingo. But they keep bringing stuff up. Oh, Georgia. Oh, his tax returns. 34 counts in New York. Do you understand? And if you really consume this, January 6th, four years worth of them knowingly telling the public, knowingly telling the public he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. This was an Austin Powers scenario. Dr. Evil was now controlling our government. You shut your mouth, you bastard! Exactly, because it was the biggest, dumbest conspiracy in the history of our country. But they went from Russia with no regard for how they gaslit the country into Ukraine, which with no regard for how they gaslit the country became the second impeachment over January 6th. January 6th was bad. Everybody who watched it said it was terrible. But it wasn't an attempt to overthrow the government. In fact, the guy they said had led the coup is the maniac in the Chewbacca bikini that got let out of prison yesterday. Okay, but the point is they ran with the narrative for years and years. This was a coup. It's a violent white supremacist insurgency. And then that didn't get Trump thrown behind bars. And it became, oh, it's taxes. You don't understand. The guy did bad stuff with his taxes. They'll never stop. Okay, that's the thing. And the more these prosecutions, you know, rage on, the more we set damaging precedents. Okay, and in this instance, one that really will harm the country long term because it opens up a Pandora's box of presidential prosecutions in a way we've never seen them before. Okay, but the longer the Democrats continue to bring this fight, you know, the more you come to realize Donald Trump is not the reckless guy endangering our party here. It's the Democrats who can't go a second without attacking him. That's true. That is true. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be your TV buddy tonight. I'll be joining Jesse Waters at 7 o'clock on the Fox News channel. Uh, last night, President Trump's attorney, uh, Joe Tacopina, was on with Sean Hannity right here on the Fox News channel and had this reaction to the charges being brought against the former president. It is clip one. He's ready to fight. You know, he's the toughest guy I know. He was shocked, you know, because we really were... I was shocked. I mean, I've never been angry. My 33 years in this business, both as a prosecutor and defense attorney, I've never been more angry about a charge because today the rule of law in the United States of America died. It's dead. It's dead. And it's um, something that I, I never thought I'd see. I, I have goosebumps even saying it because I don't feel good about saying it. You know, when you stretch the law to get someone you don't like or as a political opponent in this case, it's very hard to ever get that law to come back to its original shape. 
I got a bad feeling about this. It's a weird spot for the country to be in. You know, a lot of you probably process the magnitude of this. A lot of you don't. Because the way, it's crazy, but the way we consume news in this day and age is we're hardly ever wrestling with the significance of anything so much as we're just all staring at it for 48 hours till we move on to the next new item, the next new storyline. But this is something that will have a profound consequence on our country if, in fact, you wind up seeing a president handcuffed. And just so you understand, the people who've been telling you the president needs to be in handcuffs have been telling you this for the past seven years. And every single case they made for him being in handcuffs turned out to be either wrong or a wild misrepresentation or made up out of thin air. I mean, when you talk about Russian collusion, Donald Trump colluding back channel with an alpha bank to overthrow our democracy. It was made up by these sick people. And unfortunately, they're the same people now saying he's going to go down for paying Stormy Daniels. But the ramifications of a former president getting handcuffed, getting criminally charged, is something that does turn us into the United States of South America. It's very third world. And the image we send to the rest of the world, you know, is the shining city on the hill. When you start to see political persecutions like this, you really do change our standing in the world. That we really are speaking and pronouncing to the world just how divided and hyperpartisan we've become. Like if Joe Biden wanted a true moment of greatness, a moment of historical consequence that would be remembered forever as a selfless act of preservation for the country, Joe Biden would walk out right now and he would announce he was going to pardon Trump for anything they wanted to prosecute him for. I agree with that. I don't know that Obama does, but you get the sentiment of the drop. It's the best idea. And the reason I say that is it would signal that there were still people left in government who cared more about the country than they did about controlling the country, weaponizing our Department of Justice against a political enemy, dividing us on such a toxic level in such a historic and volatile way. But this is one of those moments that tells you Joe Biden isn't the president because he's been in Washington long enough. The guy's been in Washington since Washington. He's been around long enough to know how damaging this is. He's been around long enough to know that if he took a Gerald Ford step forward right now and was like, come on, stop it, America. You know, I'm the guy who ran on uniting the country. But that's the scam of all of this. Okay, that's the whole scam of electing a traditional politician. Joe Biden ran for office said unity, his soul beat for unity. Then he got into office and said, if you support voter ID, you're Jim Crow on steroids. Then it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Then they fired you if you didn't get the gig. Now they're arresting your political leader after they said you guys were a bunch of semi-fascists. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. 888-788-9910. We will get to some of your calls in the next hour. Former New York congressman and gubernatorial candidate 
Lee Zeldin is going to be joining us in the next break. And I just want to get everybody all the way up to speed on the discussion. Trump being indicted allegedly on 34 counts of business fraud. But so far as the legal experts are concerned, this is a, it's a triple Lindy. Remember back to school when Thornton Mellon does the jump and it off the one diving board, hits the other, does a flip, lands in the pool, that sort of thing. They need a lot to go right for a local case to become a federal case and an expired statute of limitations to become a relevant statute of limitation, something legal like paying hush money to become configured in a way that it is illegal. Like if it's just about Stormy Daniels, then it would very much seem like they're really stretching this thing hard. Okay, and here is Ellie Honig, uh, former U.S. attorney, who is, of course, a chief legal analyst over at CNN, basically saying it's going to be dicey to take a hush money allegation and turn it into a crime. Clip 15. If they are based on these hush money payments, important to understand, hush money payments are not criminal themselves. The potential state misdemeanor here is for falsification of business records. Were these payments falsely logged as legal fees? Now, that's a misdemeanor. That's a low-level offense. However, mm. if prosecutors can tie the falsification of business records to some other crime, then it becomes a felony, a much more serious offense, maximum of four years, although the sentence could still be nothing. So what could that other crime be? One of the theories is that it could be related to campaign finance violations. A little bit of a legal question about whether state prosecutors can charge something relating to a federal election, the election for president. We have not seen that indictment. What we do know, thanks to our outstanding reporting team, is that there are over 30 charges in that indictment. We haven't seen them yet. This is politics as usual. That's all it really is. When he says, you know, it's going to be tricky to make a misdemeanor somehow upgraded to a federal felony. Dude. Okay, and the point is, this is something that we've never done in the 246-year history of the country. Like, we decided this is the moment. We're like, well, all right, from now on, the rest of the world, for the first time in 246 years, is going to look at us as no better than the third world, where we're jailing our political opponents. We just took that step. We just wasted that credibility, that reputation, that integrity that we spent 246 years building. We took it over a charge that I mean is going nowhere. Now, I understand they haven't unsealed the indictment. They want to tie this to falsification of business records and everything in between. But here is even Ty Cobb on CNN, attorney Ty Cobb, uh, flat out saying there's a statute of limitations issue here. Meaning we're starting with the, if you know, I don't know anything about the other cases against Trump, but in theory, the old adage is prosecutors always want to win the first case. Why? Because if the first case loses, it makes the second case, third case, and fourth case tainted in the eyes of the next jury. So you go, well, you know, he said the first time he was just getting politically persecuted. And lo and behold, the case fell on its face. So it does kind of read like that. But anyway, here's the second case. So... People who want to prosecute Trump, people who like actually live and die on the hope of Donald Trump at some point going behind bars, aren't really seeing this indictment as a victory. You know, they're seeing this as, oh, man, Bragg might have just blown the whole thing. But here is Ty Cobb saying it, clip eight. Alvin Bragg has an extraordinary raging statute of limitations problem. Uh, speed, speed was required. I mean, if, 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 they, were, if they were misdemeanors, they, they died years ago. Uh, under the New York statutes, you know, uh, they're going to there's going to have to be some 
pretty significant legal arguments by the prosecutor as to why even a felony is still alive at this stage of the game. So understand, you're really looking at a situation where, you know, if a train leaves Chicago, you know, the same time a car pulls out of Baltimore and a man riding a horse leaves South Bend, Indiana, like this is a real, you know, it's a real leap of faith to think you're pulling this thing together. Uh, Very much a legal house of cards. But the thing about our politics right now, it is local. It is local. And Alvin Bragg, a guy who wants to get reelected, who has aspirations for higher office, you know, in case of emergency break glass, if you're in a city that's 90 percent liberal and you failed them on every type of crime that matters in case of emergency break, Trump can always be a pivot. And it looks exactly like the one he's making. But again, the bigger point here is that we've never done this in the 246-year history of the country. When they said Trump overthrew an election, all right, if you're actually guilty of doing that, then okay, sorry, for the first time in the 246-year history of the country, we're going to lock somebody up. Okay, if you were literally stealing classified information and selling it out of Mar-a-Lago, okay, sorry, for the first time in the 246-year history of the country, we're going to lock somebody up. But if you're, like, just legit paying hush money, I mean, Donald Trump is not even the first president to pay hush money. If you go back to the 90s, there was another president who paid Paula Jones $850,000. This is not okay. But they're telling you the difference here is how Trump did the books when he made the payment. It's not that he paid her. It's that you could have paid her from this account, but you paid her from that account, which is, yeah. Shut up, will you shut up? Nobody cares. With all the problems facing this country, And again, I don't want to live in a world where anybody's above the law, but there are certain precedents that are observed because they have a greater good impact on the country as a whole. And when it comes to Trump, none of those greater good moments were ever embraced. I mean, you think about something like the southern border is a good example. Okay, both political parties voted for border wall funding. They did it under Bush. And yes, they did it under Barack Obama. Okay, even something like family separation, which was implemented as a deterrent. Why was it a deterrent? They wanted families to know, hey, if you come here illegally, we're going to separate you till we can ascertain that the kid is, in fact, with a parent. Reason being is a lot of smugglers, a lot of cartel members will cross the border with a child that's not necessarily theirs because it increases the chances of getting their asylum case granted. So knowing that was a problem and would it would lead to more human trafficking under Barack Obama. We began separating families at the southern border. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But we were actually doing it for good reason. But policies we embraced for the greater good of the country, for the greater good of the people migrating here, were canceled. They became political liabilities to the Democrats because they decried them as racist. And instead of focusing on the greater good of the country, now you don't have border security. And what are we looking at? A record level of fentanyl deaths. They defunded police in major municipalities. What are you looking at? Record levels of crime. Black murder rate up 30%. Okay, the Democrats are often willing to chase down political vengeance at the expense of the people they purport to be protecting. And that's where this Trump indictment is such a liability. Who's protected if Trump gets pomped for paying Stormy Daniels? Okay, she got the money, so she's fine. Okay, the people in New York weren't facing any type of imminent threat if he wasn't charged. 
okay, the rule of law wasn't facing any imminent threat to its integrity based on the fact that this is so unprecedented. The only guy threatened is Alvin Bragg as a district attorney who wants to fail his way up to higher office. But in this instance, you know, his reckless gambit is, you know, the kind of thing that might take down the whole country with him along the way. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and you better believe we're fired up to talk to this next guest. Kind of honored that he's here because he could be out probably trying out to pitch for his New York Mets right now. Former New York Congressman, Republican gubernatorial candidate, Lee Zeldin in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, man, good to see you. Yeah, listen, I mean, our, our New York team's starting off undefeated. We'll take the good. wins. We'll take the wins. Yeah, and uh, for New York, you know, we had Stroman go to the Cubs. He pitched mm-hmm. pretty well last night. It was a 4 nothing win. Stroman went six innings. Uh, I think he gave up about three hits, eight strikeouts. We'll take it. Jacob deGrom mm. went to a new team, and he actually got roughed up. He got roughed up by the Phillies. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty rough start. So a lot of lot of changes for uh, our New York pitching staff around. It's exciting to have baseball back uh, as we wind down with basketball and uh, and no, hockey coming towards the end. We'll take it now, really quickly. Um, you know, I'm obviously kidding around about you trying out for the Mets, but growing up, uh, did you have a wiffle ball, curveball? Did Zeldin have a pitching game in wiffle ball at all? Yeah, no, a lot of sports growing uh-huh. up on Long Island. Yeah. I mean, just playing. Everything out on the streets. It was a lot of basketball, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, playing uh, playing wiffle ball. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it naturally there's a few ways to make some movement on a <laughs> wiffle ball that you can't do with a baseball. Every little kid was Gaylord Perry. You could scuff it, <laughs> you could tape it. Yeah, and we were we, we either were stuffing our mouths with either big league chew. Yep. Or uh, a whole bunch of Tootsie Rolls, and then you'd spit it out like it was chewing tobacco. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, the Tootsie Roll would give you innings. If you'd commit, you had like a real chaw. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, well, listen, we're talking about uh, mechanics. Uh, what do you think of the mechanics of this indictment, knowing the Fed's passed on it and Cy Vance passed on it? We're kind of resurrecting a zombie case. Does it make you think there's more to this case? Then we're initially analyzing it from. What do I mean, you so think? we have to comment based off of what yeah. we know, what uh-huh. we think, what's been reported. Uh, some of what's been uh, reported has been corroborated. You know, like yeah. last night, Michael Cohen's giving a, a TV interview, mm-hmm. and he's essentially confirming that this is about this payment. And uh, we know that there's a two-year statute of limitations, and they're trying to get really creative, brag, and trying to extend it to be able to go after an indictment now. Uh, but this very convoluted theory of how it gets there is a yeah. federal campaign finance violation. Uh, you start thinking, well, I don't know if any local prosecutor anywhere in the state of New York has ever prosecuted <laughs> a federal campaign finance violation. Yeah. And on top of that, the, the messenger here, Alvin Bragg, before he was even sworn into office, said that he was going to go after Donald Trump. He didn't know the charge. Yep. He didn't know the facts. He was going to do it personally. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Michael Cohen's interview that he did yesterday, he said it 10 times yeah. that he met directly with Alvin Bragg. Uh-huh. Why isn't Alvin Bragg going after all of these felons across that, the city well, in order to keep this, ask this place safe? As a guy who ran against the crime problem in this city, who was assaulted on the campaign trail, like, is Alvin Bragg offering New Yorkers a deliverable by going after Trump, or is this an exercise in, like, image rehabilitation for him? I think for a Democratic Party primary uh-huh. in New York County, that's yeah. the one sole borough where he has to run, Yeah, 
he it probably helps him win a primary. Yeah. By the way, getting targeted with this indictment probably helps Donald Trump yeah. win a Republican Party yeah. primary well, for president. Yep. But politics for Alvin Bragg. Uh, here at home in, in the borough of Manhattan, as blue as it is, it probably helps them. Yeah, I would say so, too. We're talking to Representative Lee Zeldin in the House, former GOP gubernatorial candidate here in New York. You have so many titles, man. It's like I, I get a focus. Jimmy's go, friend. That's most important. <laughs> He's Jimmy's pal. We're good pals. We've done some gut felt Future together. Future New York Met pitcher. <laughs> you don't know. Verlander got hurt. Diaz got hurt. You got options. I'm ready. You know what it reminds me of? As a, as a kid who grew up here in the 80s rooting for the Yankees, I was obviously in the Don Mattingly era. We had no pitching. Like it was, you know. And you had a new coach basically every week. <laughs> Steinberg was firing everybody. Oh, they, my gosh. They lost two in a row. The elevator guy was gone. Hot Wasn't dog it people. Like one season where you had like four coaches? Yeah. And uh, and who was the coach you kept bringing back over? Billy Martin. Yeah, Billy Martin. Yeah, yeah. Billy Martin, yeah. Coached, what, like five different times? <laughs> he was, he was getting was a mess. hired and fired every Tuesday and Thursday. We had Bucky Dent make a run, Stump Merrill, and then we had Dallas Green. This was all in, like, that window of 1988. It was a lot of turnover, you know? Yeah. But uh, we're talking about New York. The other thing I looked at is, again, we haven't seen the specifics of the affidavit. Uh, but, you know, this hasn't been unsealed anyway. But the point I was going to make is if we're hearing 34 counts, it almost reads to me like a flood the zone strategy where they don't need a quality of allegations so much as they're trying to swing the court of public opinion on a quantity. But in a court of law, I would assume, you know, assuming Trump has a fair trial, this seems like a heavy lift. My question to you is, are you concerned about Trump's ability to get a fair trial in New York County? Yeah, jury selection is going to be a beast. Yeah. And to be able to get a jury of your peers Mm -hmm. when the defendant is the former president of the United States, (laughs) where most people out there have very strong opinions of him one way or the other, that that is difficult. Now, when you look at a grand jury indictment, President Trump isn't defended in that room. There's no cross-examination of the witnesses. The burden of proof is a lot less. So there's a lot of people who are saying, well, uh, even though you say this and that about Alvin Bragg, well, he was indicted by this grand jury. Well, inside of that room, the grand jury is making a call with that lower burden based off of essentially what the prosecutor in large part is telling them is their theory of the case. And it's going without resistance when he actually gets to the trial and you're seeing cross-examination, for example, the, the sole Michael Cohen recording with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. President Trump says, pain and cash? <laughs> and Michael Cohen says, no. It was Michael Cohen who had this yeah. convoluted other scheme of how yeah. to make a payment. Mm-hmm. But the defendant is Donald Trump. Yeah. So wh- the, the leaps that they're trying to make here uh, with a very complex, uh, untested legal theory, clearly a political prosecution, yeah. with a prosecutor who is not a consistent law and order prosecutor. And then, as you pointed out, they have over supposedly what's being reported is that you have over 30 different counts. And what's believed so far is that they're essentially going to end up charging like each individual transaction. Yeah. As it's so it's count. not like they're going to be charging 30 different acts with, you know, it's all unique fact patterns and all different kinds of crimes. Mm-hmm. It looks like trumped up uh, a trumped-up count wow. and quantity that, um, you know, I think a lot of people are just, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize this is actually this one fact pattern. Now, what's possible, and we have to see the yeah. indictment, 
is do they charge some other crime? Yeah, is there some other facts see? that we're not talking about? We'll see. That's that's what I'd be interested to know. We're talking to Lee Zeldin. And uh, we're having a grown-up talk about this Trump indictment. He's expected to surrender Tuesday at 2.15 uh, here in Manhattan. You know, one of the big criticisms, and I found this really interesting, of, you know, a guy like Alvin Bragg is that he was a George Soros-funded district attorney. There's been some pushback because essentially Soros gave a pack a million bucks and they just turned around and gave half of it to Alvin Bragg. But does Bragg strike you from afar as a guy who is acting at the behest of a George Soros ideology? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. you, you, so there's Soros-funded, Soros-endorsed candidates for district attorney all across the entire country. Uh-huh. In this case, as you look at Alvin Bragg, he not only issues his day one memo mm-hmm. where he says across what the board, all these different crimes he's not going to charge, all different other types of crimes he's going to treat as a lesser offense. And on top of that, it's this pro-cashless bail mentality yeah. as well that also make our streets less safe. And you don't see him out there talking about how we need to be backing our men and women in law enforcement. There's a lot that's wrong with the rhetoric, with the policies, the way that he's doing his job. And in many respects, it seems like he believes the DA stands for defense attorney, not district attorney. <laughs> and uh, and I, you saw it in one case, and I'm sure you probably talked about it on air. This guy with an axe shows yeah. up at the McDonald's on Delancey Street and starts swinging it wildly. Uh-huh. And he's breaking walls. He's breaking tables. He's swinging it at, at customers. Bragg undercharges the case. <laughs> where then it is non-bail-eligible offenses. Uh In New York, judges can't even weigh, they don't have discretion to weigh dangerousness. In this case, he deliberately undercharges it, and the next day, this guy who was swinging the axe is doing a TV interview, and he he was asked this question, like, why are you carrying this axe around? And he admits in his interview he's doing it to confront people, (laughs) and the judges don't have discretion to weigh dangerousness. So you have a problem in Albany with the laws, uh but also these prosecutors, Uh and there are... Soros-backed candidates across the country who are pushing these types of approaches to the job. It's nuts. So basically, long story short, Trump should have robbed her instead of paying her, and he'd probably be home free. We can mull that till our next get-together. Let's go Mets, Lee Zeldin. I appreciate the time today. Let's go Mets. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together as the Trump indictment has come down, people not happy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Calling in a lot of heavy artillery to back me up today. We're going to have Andy Biggs here on the back end of this hour. He's, of course, a superstar representative from the Fighting Fifth Congressional District of Arizona. Arizona's former attorney general, Mark Burnovich, former federal prosecutor, he is here to weigh in as well. But batting leadoff in this hour, you know, from time to time, you know, you never open an hour of radio with a guest, but once in a while you get a guest so big, so big influ- and influential and powerful within the company, you just don't, you don't have a choice, okay? Well, today's not one of those days, but we do have a good friend of the show on, retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow is here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Um, happy indictment. Are they saying that? How does this work? I'm sure they are. <laughs> down on Center Street. 
<laughs> All right. I'm sure they are. So let's jump right in. As someone who's very familiar with the goings-on here, and of course the case history, if you will, of one Alvin Bragg. Yeah. Okay, we're essentially, for our listeners, reviving what's known as a zombie case. Yeah. In that the feds passed, the previous district attorney passed, he picked it up. Yeah. From what you've read so far, is there anything that would lead you to indicate he saw something the other two didn't? Or is he picking this up in some active political self-preservation? Well, we can't really say dispositively until we see what's in in the indictment. Now, I know that sounds like a cop-out, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm actually almost hopeful that there's something reasonable in this indictment. Because if there is only what appears to be there at first blush, mm-hmm. this is... Worse than a zombie indictment. I yeah. mean, this is a zombie indictment that should have never been alive to begin with and revived. <laughs> so it's really bad news. And, you know, I have to tell you that even if there are some other charges in there, at the end of the day, apparently he's getting around the statute of limitations by this weird hook to a federal uh, statute. Yeah. As a state prosecutor, he does not have that capacity to okay. because he's got to prove that as yeah. well. Uh-huh. And he can't. So it's a good chance this thing gets bounced. It sounds a lot like a reach, but let me ask you this. The process of it getting bounced, it's still not a bang-bang play, right? I mean, do they have the ability to essentially just hang this over Trump for a year? Or how does that process work? You know, it depends on the judge. I mean, look, what will happen is there'll be a motion to dismiss, right, once we get the indictment. And it's going to come down to this Judge Mershon, who's got it at this point. Mm -hmm. How fair he's willing to be and if he is as activist a judge as Alvin Bragg is. Now, I don't know him. I've never had a case in front of him. I've spoken to some people who have. Mm -hmm. He handled uh, the only real salient point that's out right now is that he handled the Trump business case. But nonetheless, the feeling that's coming out of uh, downtown is that he's a reasonable, fair guy. Okay. So if you're Trump. You mm-hmm. make all those motions. Motion to change venue, motion to dismiss, first of all, right out of the box. Right? Yep. You, believe it or not, you may get that. It's going to come down to how gutsy he is. Really? And if the indictment is what has been reported, mm-hmm. um, he would have more than a leg to stand on to do that. Wow. But, of course, he'd never eat lunch in this, t- in this town again. Yeah, that's the problem. Politically. Right. So assuming he goes the safe route, okay, now the trial is on. And then there's a whole slew of things that Trump can do to really gum it up. And mm-hmm. he can drag it out forever. And at the end of the day, Jimmy, mm-hmm. I don't think this thing really amounts to much. Yeah. It really, even if it stays alive, I know it's historic, quote unquote. Um, but as I said the other day, you know, making history for the sake of making history is no uh, is, is no great thing. Yeah. You know, Pearl like, Harbor made history. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, exactly. The Titanic was a historic cruise. <laughs> right. So I, I think that um, you know, at the end of the day, this thing will just peter out because if it plays out to its ultimate end. It goes to SCOTUS yeah. on this issue of the federal statute. Yeah. And they'll kill it. They'd kill it, too. We're talking to retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow, who is in studio. Um, you know, the old adage that prosecutors want to win the first case. Yeah. Does this mean a potential prosecution down in Georgia is concerned that New York's bringing this case first, it being the more precarious? I, I would be, were I them. And uh-huh. I think that you put your, your finger on a salient point. This case, I know it's being... Uh, reported on nationally yeah. and is considered a big, big national, even international case. And of course, that's because of who the uh, yeah. accused is. But this case is a new, I know what this is. This mm-hmm. is a New York thing, man. Yeah, yeah. This is Alvin Bragg, who is on the ropes. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, into his second year of his, uh, his being the prosecutor here mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. And his numbers, I'm sure, are way down. He's probably done some polling. Mm-hmm. People were against him as soon as that day one memo came out. Yeah. The city looks like hell. He knows that his prospects, unless he hits a reset here at some point, are beyond the point of no return. Yeah. And he's going to be a one-term prosecutor. Now, mm-hmm. that seat, 
yeah. is notorious for having longtime prosecutors. Yeah. You know, it, it's only the most committed vote. Yeah. So uh, you had Morgenthau, who was the longest serving DA mm-hmm. in New York City history. Uh-huh. After that, you had Vance for, yep. I think it was three terms, three yep. or four terms. And uh, it's almost default that it's yours as an incumbent. Uh-huh. He's the first guy, in my experience, who almost certainly was going to be shown the door. So he's looking at like a Lori Lightfoot deal in Chicago. Precisely. Wow. He wants to make sure he hangs on to that seat. And in doing it, not uh-huh. only is he going after the former president and locking horns with the GOP, but as you put your finger on, uh-huh. he's not he's locking horns with his own party yeah. and with three far superior investigations of Donald Trump. Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. We're talking to Paul Morrow in studio, but it, it does. It reads like he's trying to fail up because in this town, he doesn't need to bring the conviction. He just wants to put himself on the map as the guy who brought the case, right? That, that's all. That He's banking on that mugshot going viral, and you know, he can practically <laughs> you, hang that at the, at the polling you, sites. You know who else is literally banking on it going viral? The perp. Yeah. <laughs> you and Trump. I talked, it's going to be an NFT of all time. He's going to be selling that thing <laughs> <laughs> That's going to, like, flip Bitcoin, man. Who do you think? I mean, if you could invest in one or the other today, right now, is it Trump's T-shirt business or is it Stormy Daniels' OnlyFans business? Well, let me say this. Uh-huh. Folks out there in Radioland, mm-hmm. don't Google Stormy Daniels' name. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not on a work computer. So, I very so, innocently... Thought, oh, porn star. What does that mean? I yeah. found out what that means. <laughs> She's <laughs> ex- a porn star. That explains right. the shiner under your left eye. Yes, ex- exactly. Por- My porn- computer melted. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. Um, let me ask you this, because this other talk we're hearing is we've opened up a legal Pandora's box in terms of precedent and potentially charging other holders of this office. Yeah. Do you really see this as one of those moments where there is going to be some type of retributional attack on the Democrats now? Or do you think that's kind of, you know, because everybody's really a prisoner of the moment right now. People are very emotional. It's a powerful thing. Right. What do you think survives this narrative? Are we going into a like a mafia war politically or no? Yes. You think so? I do. Yeah. I know that like, you know, the mature thing to say at this point is, uh, no, you know, we're going to get past this and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, people have long memories. This thing is um, not over. Mm -hmm. It's going to continue to pick at a very raw wound. Mm -hmm. And, you know, no matter what you and I say, you're going to get folks out there who are going to say things like you've normalized this. Yeah. And I got to tell you, from where I sit, uh, the current administration. Yeah. And his extended, speaking of the mafia, ex- mm-hmm. extended family, yeah. um, have a lot of vulnerability. They got a lot of exposure for what I see. I mean, yeah. if you could invite, if you could, I'm sorry, indict Donald Trump mm-hmm. on this accounting error, if mm-hmm. again, if that's what's what in the, the indictment, is, yeah. then you certainly could go after um, Joe Biden mm-hmm. and his son Hunter, mm-hmm. and likely his brother potentially. In my opinion, mm-hmm. for things like conspiracy to violate the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, money laundering, wire fraud, mail fraud, all of the fraud charges that the feds just sort of reflexively drop onto whatever the first charge is Mm -hmm. because they can. Yep. And you would get an indictment, almost certainly, in federal court, and then you'd roll them all up. And you would get that. And you know what? If Donald Trump wins... Don't be shocked if you see his AUSAs looking at that. So they got to take him out. They're, all right. So, yeah, we're looking at a scorched earth level of retaliation if he gets in. Yeah. Um, one of the story that made a lot of headlines this week, are we getting a manifesto out of Tennessee? Have you heard anything about that? So, so far, no. Um, and, you know, here's where I go on that, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 
documentation around a perpetrator, especially mm -hmm. something like a manifesto, goes into evidence. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you safeguard it. You don't want to release it, et cetera. But the perp is dead. Yeah. And the right? So we had this in the Saipula Saipov case here on the West Side Highway in Manhattan. You know, uh -huh. the guy that just got sentenced, he ran the people down at the uh -huh. Halloween, after the Halloween parade. Yep. And a lot of it is commensurate and, and sort of analogous to what just happened. The uh, Saipov took the rented uh, truck. He wanted to run people over at the parade. Mm-hmm. Police department, I was, you know, there at the time. We got a heavy security survey, et cetera. There, were a, there was a ring of cops around that. There had been a lot of chatter unrelated to Saipov, I believe. But nonetheless, it was a high terrorism time. Mm -hmm. Saipov took a look at the defenses and said, I'm going to call an audible. Went to the West Side Highway and did what he did. Mm -hmm. Brutal crime scene, terrible thing. Um, at, but he had a manifesto. Yeah. That manifesto did not get leaked or put out into the media because mm -hmm. it was in evidence against him. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it was helped. It was a help in convicting him and sentencing him. Okay. Here we don't have that. Yeah. And here's why I'm very skeptical of the uh, police department, the police chief particularly, mm -hmm. saying that uh, all the FBI has to look at this first. Yeah. First of all, he said at the press conference, I haven't read it fully yet. I haven't yeah. read it all yet. He uh -huh. kind of just dismissed it. Now, you're talking the day after the murders, right? Mm -hmm. The day after the shootings. What if on page two of that manifesto it says, and my co uh, conspirators travelers or, here you know uh -huh. my other members of my group mm -hmm. uh whatever against the world yeah are going to be taking out every other school that they can get their hands yeah. on well obviously that would be a clue in yeah. law enforcement so of course he read it of course they all read it mm -hmm. and his invocation of the feds yeah. by saying well the federal government the behavioral scientists have mm -hmm. believe you know, everybody was supposed to be mm -hmm. sort of on their heels over uh -huh. that jargon you know the more jargon you hear in any situation, especially with the federal government, uh -huh. you know, reach for your wallet because this is when you're getting hosed. So they're using that as cover. Uh -huh. They can release it. This idea that the federal government's analysts have to look at it, they can and should, mm -hmm. but that's not a reason to hold on to it. Wow. You're sharp today. You dodged a bullet by not coming to that cocktail event we had last night. Yeah, and I conveniently noticed that uh, you invited me when it was over, so thanks for that. You know, <laughs> it was a quick was hit. Great. I was drinking by myself alone crying and stop it last night uh while i was on kennedy i i wrapped up the hit and as i was having a drink i noticed that paul was on waters world yeah and i said you know hey you know we're, we're probably gonna have one drink after this if you want to come by but the time by the time we got together i was already getting picked up to get out of here yeah i i, I buy that excuse yeah <laughs> nowhere in the world yeah, is there a guy who'd be better off if only he spent a 30 uh, thursday night hanging out with you and me so we might have did the world i dodged the hangover I'll, yeah. I'll take it yeah it's either you or gutfeld so. well god this is the thing with gutfeld because gutfeld he's on he's on a permanent atkins diet people don't understand yeah. his passion for oh, yeah. chinese spare ribs spare yeah. ribs he's actually my favorite guy to hang out because there's always ribs Always. It's Always. ribs and wine. And he orders a ton of it. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> all over the apartment. It looks like a crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's barbecue sauce on the walls. He gets good stuff, too. He's, he's all hooked in down there. Yeah, yeah. He's got all the right barbecue connections. He's yeah. got all the right ribs. Uh, and there's a fair amount of wine. The only thing I can't get behind is... He is listening to some very eclectic music. Yeah, he, he listens to weird music. It's he out does. here. Yeah. Some yeah. Cambodian trance hypnotist yeah, ambient, band. All this ambient stuff and everything. Yeah, yeah but is, what's going on bizarre. here? I, I don't know. But it's I, so weird how you go, like, staples. We're talking spare ribs. Yeah. <laughs> White wine. And then, like, you know, Lithuanian Molly Rave yeah, music. Yeah, wailing songs or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get 
get it. I know most of it is calming, so that's yeah. good. I think that's probably what the doctor ordered. I uh-huh. think that's uh, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, you're right. It's eclectic <laughs> is the word. The, the man. pure mood CD weirds us out. Uh, Paul Morrow, dynamite stuff as always. We'll yeah, do all it right. Again. Thanks for Think having well. me. Back after this. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Arizona Representative Andy Biggs from the Fighting 5th Congressional District. The man is not happy with this Trump indictment. There's so much going on. We still haven't gotten a manifesto out of Tennessee as it pertains to the trans killer who shot up six people at a Christian school. Uh, but it has not stopped the Biden administration, has not stopped Karine Jean-Pierre from furthering the culture war against conservatives. So here's KJP yesterday at the White House telling the world that the trans community is under attack. Oh, shut up, woman. Really think about this. The trans community just walked into an elementary school, shot three nine-year-old kids and three administrators. Okay, did anybody shoot the trans community? Of course not. Is anybody wanting to, coming to, threatening to? Of course not. But they've called off the Trans Day of Vengeance in Washington, D.C. It was scheduled for today through Sunday. They called it off, claiming that they themselves were feeling threatened. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. You know, the ones calling for a day of vengeance. Wear a mask, bring a buddy. It's time to stop trans genocide. That was the pitch. People are being told they're under attack. It's a straw man argument. But this is what the Democrats do. Hey, agree with us or people will die. And then a lot of people that aren't particularly passionate politically are like, well, who? I don't want to be grouped with the people killing people. I guess I'll just agree with them. And that's what they do with everything. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And if it's not racist, it's homophobic or transphobic, misogynist, you know, whatever it's going to be. But here's KJP wanting you to know that the White House, just a few days removed from a school shooting, not extending its sympathies to the victims of the three school students, their families, not extending their sympathies to the community there in Nashville. No, no, we've got to look out for the trans community, clip 25. And one of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. What an idiot. Um, I don't know. Do we have any documented stories in the news about someone attacking a trans person? The answer would be no. Maybe a group. Maybe so they didn't want a one-on-one. Maybe they were like, well, ha, I'll take on all of you at once. Did anyone attack like a group of trans people? The answer would be no. Do you understand? When they say they're under attack... They're now telling a group of unstable people, people who have every right to do what they want to do. If you're an adult in this country, go be trans. We don't hate you. We don't want you to die. We don't want to harm you. A lot of us feel bad for you if you're really enduring the level of conflict being described here. But the point is, if you're a group of people taking hormones that are not naturally occurring in your body, you are going to be mentally and emotionally unstable from time to time and susceptible to snapping and being prone to violence. And that's what we had happen here. And the fact that they haven't released the manifesto from the shooter tells you everything you need to know. There is undoubtedly some wording in this manifesto 
that says, hey, trans community's under attack. They're out to erase us. I'm going to kill Christian people to get their attention. And, of course, they don't want that. The media doesn't want that, okay? The Democratic Party doesn't want that because then it really will rally public sentiment and opinion against this militant trans movement, okay? Anybody who wants to be trans is not the problem, but there are people on the left that are trying to characterize any questions, any reservations to the trans agenda as hate, as an attack, as bigotry. Okay, and they want to control, they very much want to control the narrative surrounding the trans issue and make it seem like these poor persecuted people, all they want to do is help and spread joy and spread love, and these crazy Christians just keep wishing them harm. So the last thing they need out there is a manifesto that says, yeah, I'm going to go kill some Christian kids. But it sounds like that's exactly what they're sitting on. We're going to get into it with Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. We're going to talk a little more about the Trump indictment. It's a wild time to be. It's a Friday in America. We're excited. Baseball season started. Things are looking up. But I had no idea, none at all, that opening day for baseball was going to look like closing day for America. What the hell is the world coming to? It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So Joe Biden was asked about the Trump indictment yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. Here's the audio. It's not the best, but I just wanted to give you a take on it. Clip 21. Are you worried that we'll further divide our country with the indictment? I have no comment on that. Mr. President. Are you in the wake of the indictment? No, I'm not going to talk about Trump's indictment. (laughs) Translation. Nobody put anything in the teleprompter yet. <laughs> Do you have any comment? No, because they didn't write one for me. They're not going to let him speak extemporaneously. That never ends good. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that anybody can. Uh, but joining us now is a fellow who could certainly try. Damn good friend of the show. Superstar representative from the 10th, uh, the fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona. Uh, representative Andy Biggs is here. Yo! J- Jimmy, good to be with you. You know why I said Beautiful 10? Day. I interrupted uh, the Fighting Fifth uh, with 10 because Mesa, June 10th, we're marching closer to a showdown in your home state. June, You're going to be here in June 10th? Yes. Me and Kennedy, the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Uh, Mesa, oh. Arizona is the third stop on the tour. And... Uh, as you know, we're trying to we're trying to get out of New York right now, uh, yeah. not not because I'm worried about protesters wrecking the place. They've already wrecked the place. That's the nice thing. Uh, if you showed up there's to wreck nothing, New York, if you nothing left. To yeah, wreck. that's what I'm saying. If, if you joined Antifa and showed up with your pallet of bricks tonight, you'd be like, wow, the uh, other chapter must have beat us here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm going to welcome you to Arizona on June 10th. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, I'm looking for a reason to be out. I mean, I'm going to be out of town. No, we'll, we'll try to be here. Oh, we'll try to be Biggs. here. We'll, we'll try to be here. We would leave you tickets like you were Elvis. You know how, like, uh, Jerry Glanville, there was an old football coach. Elvis is dead. Well, I know. But, well, <laughs> Jerry Glanville, who coached the Falcons, he used to leave two tickets to every home game to Elvis because he was convinced oh, really? he was going to show up. So he, he's still holding on. I'll be there. Listen, I'm going to try and be there. Yeah, well, that Man, I want to be there. Well, come on, oh, Biggs. That, that, that sounded sincere. I know you rehearsed that last line, so thank you. Um, well, the good news is I actually will be in town. We're, we're out of session that day. Oh, get out. out okay, well, we'll talk. Yeah. 
We'll see. I, I mean, this we got a lot of living to do between now and then. Um, over here in New York, obviously Trump getting indicted yesterday. Uh, unprecedented move, but it doesn't look like we're taking this step over one of the big box items. You know, this isn't collusion. This isn't selling classified information. This is essentially a parking ticket that's taking us into Banana Republic territory. Are you concerned that Bragg is out over his skis? Uh, yeah, yeah. He. Re- <laughs> I know you set me up with it. I'm going to leave his physique alone about being over his skis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, well, I know it's not a Nordic track. I'll say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But here's the deal. If, if it really is more than 30 charges uh, and they're rising from what they, what all the leaks say they are, what CNN is telling us, it, it's basically they're going to issue a charge for every um, erroneous entry on their books. Yep. I, I'm not sure to think about that, that, that how, how crazy that is. That's but you get your checkbook and, you, you, you know, you're trying to find out where you got off balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out every one of those is going to be a criminal charge in New York City. Yeah. And then, hey, the statute of limitations ran, Jimmy, two years ago on that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, five years ago on that. Yep. It was a two-year statute. Yep. And so guess what we got to do now? We're going to have to convert it into a election commission federal election commission felony mm-hmm. so you've mixed jurisdictions you've con- managed to convert it to a, a felony and this this is a guy who's is busy trying to convert every felony into a misdemeanor well that's what's, so yeah crazy no well that is crazy. what's crazy like if you're in new york okay new york city right now it really does like you know in a batman movie when they show you how bad the town has gotten and they're like there's nothing to do but bring in batman well that's what New York is right now. It's Gotham City before Batman shows up, except Batman can't come because he's not vaccinated. You know, it's right. a weird... Well, Sorry. You, don't, you, can't, you can't get Batman, so you're stuck with Bragg. I yeah. mean, that's... What a shame. What um, a shame. Yeah, it's not pretty, man. And uh, I got to tell you, in terms of, you know, the politics of this, I understand it. New York, the city itself is 90% liberal, and this is a much easier deliverable. Hey, I went after Trump. You know, the thing this whole city lives to do is hate Trump. Instead of going after the criminals. I mean, you alluded to the fact that 52% of the felonies are getting written down as misdemeanors. It's so rich to see him take a misdemeanor and tell you it now identifies as a felony, you know? And apparently its pronouns are bull and S, which I can't say on the air. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. You're filtering. You're learning to filter. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Well, the nice thing is uh, it does seem like uh, we've got the border under control. Mm, yeah, just just as much as as uh, it's been ever under Joe Biden. <laughs> Did you I mean, God? <laughs> I was just gonna say, Mallorca's. I got a kick out of this guy. He 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 can figure out what the the little uh, wristbands were. Mm-hmm. Anybody yeah. who's been down to the border and hasn't been sanitized by by uh, federal officials, so so they won't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You, we've all found dozens and dozens, and you, they're, they're all over the ground and. Um, and they're they put them on the people so the the cartels the coyotes know. Well, this guy's you know he's he paid us twenty five hundred bucks so mm-hmm. he gets three trips. This one, this one we're going to send over to this place. Uh, it's it is absolutely mind boggling. And I thought I you know Ted Cruz I love Ted. I thought he was going to have a coronary listening to this Mayorkas character. <laughs> and I saw Ted that night. I said you did, you did great. I was worried about your health though because but Mayorkas is sitting there. Um, and just, you know, I don't like to say 
was just lying yeah. over and over again to the American people. And and uh, golly, yeah, it's a that's, lot. That's that's a lot. It's well, a lot well, to take. And, well, it's a problem because you know what happens is, uh, as you know, they don't want to address problems unless they're an absolute political liability for them. So, like the humanitarian crisis they've caused at the border means nothing to them. You know, it'll mean something to them if it starts to really hurt them at the polls. Uh, but in the short term, they just they don't care. And every time they you see Biden, you know, like I, he's obviously not running his own Twitter account. If someone typed the way he spoke, it would look like a cat walked across the keyboard, you know. But <laughs> but but the point is, somebody's writing that account. And whoever wrote that account this week said Republicans want to cut resources for border agents with their, bo- you know, with their budget. And they're going to allow more fentanyl into the country. I mean, the balls of these people uh, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, I, I think for them, that's why we can't like have an honest conversation. Is it's too they're too busy projecting what they're doing onto the Republicans to actually just talk about the issue. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, because it drives me crazy. People say to me, Andy, can you work with people across the aisle? And I say, you mean the people that are lying to you, the people that want to put me in jail, the people yeah. want to put Donald Trump in jail, the people that hate hate us so badly that they're willing to open a border and leave it open, yeah. um, even though it's killing 100,000 people a year, just with the fentanyl stuff mm-hmm. and the terrorists that are coming through. They, uh, uh, Yeah, we can work great with those guys. They, yeah, <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Other than that whole you're a white supremacist, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and we're locking up your political leader. I mean, it's one thing that doesn't get said in this Trump indictment, you know, because we kind of itemize stories in this day and age. But this week began with Democrats calling for gun confiscation. Seeing the dripping contempt they have for conservatives, not that there was any appetite by anybody on the right to give back certain guns, but their stance only could have hardened after seeing Trump get persecuted. No. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, here's a good one. I was asked this week um, if you know, like, I can't remember who it was. It was like, do you think Joe blows the the, the head of the Republican Party in America now? Mm-hmm. I said, oh, well, I I don't know. Joe, uh, you know, Joe, I don't know Joe Blow really, but I do know that Donald Trump polls better than any Republican mm-hmm. in any primary. I would say he's probably still the leader of the party, but they're going to go after him. Of yeah. course they're going to go after him. He's he's a disruptor. He's kind of like you on the comic circuit. I mean, hey. you were a disruptor. Yeah, no, I disruptor. listen. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to change the energy of the room. And I think that's the problem with Trump, you know, in terms of establishment politicians, is they didn't want to change the energy of the room. They love a good status quo, a good go along to get along, sell us out to China, push the environmental agenda and everything in between. And the fact that Trump was throwing a challenge flag, I mean, you know this as someone who's inside Washington. Is it almost impossible, almost impossible to explain to people outside of Washington just how bothered the establishment is by the idea that an outsider could have been their president. Oh yeah, it, 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 nobody gets it because because everybody else in America, outside of Washington D.C., even in New York itself, it's saner than Washington D.C. But the rest of the country, they they they're they're living normal lives. They're 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 talking about normal things. But you go into Washington D.C., mm-hmm. it's all about power. It's all about money, and and that leads right to corruption. And so. The status quo people, I call it the uniparty. So the mm-hmm. uniparty's there. 
they don't it doesn't matter who's in power it's the grift is there for them yeah um and then you get trump in there he's going to break up their grift he's going to cut out the con and and these people go ballistic and uh you know they start uh they start uh attacking like a the mother of a potbelly big pig horn uh, herd you know i mean have you ever seen that uh, Andy. i came home I came, uh-huh. came yeah. home for the dentist today. There's a pig in my yard. My neighbor's pig is in my yard. I'm, Can- you know, anyway. <laughs> what is going on? This is a great reality show. Keeping up with the bigses. Yeah. Uh, we got a pot-bellied <laughs> pig in the yard when we come back. Uh, well, you're doing better than me. I come home, my neighbor's in my yard, drunk. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have the pig. Instead, of, instead, I had my neighbor, Sean. The guy's in my backyard till 4.30 last night. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, some of us have jobs and stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> It's the the one pro- that's too bad for you, man. Yeah, right. That's it's the one problem in my life, right? Is you know I have a good story because I was like, you know, he's a cab driver and he was doing comedy and you know now he's on the radio and the TV and it's like really sounds inspiring. But everybody that I hang out with are dirtbags like me. You know, I started out with a very simple element, <laughs> and so it might look nice and and highfalutin on TV, but at its core, it's just me trying to get a drunk guy out of a lawn chair in my backyard at three in the morning. Time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing it with hair and makeup. That's the only difference. Uh, Biggs, epic as always. We'll do it again soon, brother. You're the best. Uh, all right, Jimmy. Take care. My man. Take care. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So much to say about this next guest. You can see him on Gutfeld tonight with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. He will be on the show tonight on the panel, a show I will be hosting again a week from this coming Monday. You can watch this gentleman daily as the co-host of Fox and Friends First, but perhaps his most fancy credit is like you, the listener. He, too, is starring in the series finale of America. I mean, this is quite an honor. Todd Pyro is here, your co-star. Hey, man. I, I know we're trying to joke, Yeah. but as a lawyer— yeah. And as somebody who believes in the rule of law, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, of course. And it's scary. This is the last season of The Sopranos. They were playing Journey when they started to read the indictment news yesterday. And, and therein lies the major concern that I have. I don't care if you like Trump, don't like Trump. I know a lot of Republicans who don't like Trump. I know a lot of non-political people who love Trump. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about a political prosecution slash persecution. Yeah. And that is concerning because I know the line everybody says, if he can go after me, he can go after you. There's some truth to that. Oh, yeah, big time. And there, therein lies the concern. We're crossing a very dangerous threshold. And, you know, I think in New York, we just all keep pointing out to the obvious dereliction of duty by Alvin Bragg to protect New Yorkers. Nobody getting thrown in front of a subway train tonight is like, but more importantly, they rung up an ex-president for paying off a stripper. You know, so it seems to us locally like a misappropriation of justice. And that's what I wanted to ask you. There are people trying to give this a bigger meaning. Meaning like, ah, oh, the cabal got together with the border and everything else. They're like, we'll indict Trump. I don't actually believe this is some coordinated effort between Bragg and Biden and everything else. I think it's Bragg. I think politics politics are local. And I think he's trying to ingratiate himself in a reelection effort by going after their biggest emotional pie-in-the-sky fantasy, which is Trump. So you don't believe in the puppet master theory of the feds fail to get this guy at every turn. Yeah. Now they're going to use a Soros-funded DA-like Bragg well, he to is pull a, the yeah. strings here. Well, he is a Soros-funded DA. Make no mistake about that. But like in this particular case, the feds didn't even fail. They didn't even attempt. That's what was weird. It's like the feds passed on this. 
Cy Vance, the previous DA, passed on this. In comes Bragg, funded by Soros, and is like, no, no, this zombie case is back to life. Well, Bragg passed on it the first, first time, time as well. And had two prosecutors leave his office, but now he's kind of resuscitated it. To me, it reads more like a Bragg thing, but I can see where it would be very easy to conflate with this overarching Democrat obsession with getting Trump. So my question to you is, do you think this is local or do you think it's part of a bigger effort? I think it's part of a bigger effort. Really? A okay. And again, I'm not going full on conspiracy here. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking to myself, was he promised something by someone at the upper echelon of politics? Oh, like, how, do, how does Governor Bragg sound? Like something like that? Something like that. Something yeah, yeah. like you would see on the show Billions or something like that. <laughs> it's amazing how much of that show Billions seems like it's coming yeah. true in real life. But- why would he bring it? It's such a horrible case on the law and the facts. It makes no sense mm -hmm. on every single aspect, from the statute of limitations to the facts themselves to the convolution of the law. Yeah. None of it works. It's a weird, I was saying earlier, it's like a triple Lindy. Do you remember the movie yeah. Back to School? <laughs> you've got to bounce charge one off a second diving board. <laughs> and then you've got to do this federal flip into the pool. The reason they're not going after the Mar-a-Lago mm -hmm. as much is because... Who did Mar-a-Lago times 100 much worse and who currently resides in the Oval Office? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason they're not going hardcore. They're in a special counsel. We all know special counsels take eons yeah, to yeah. complete. It's a decade. So, um, Todd Pyro is in studio, co-host of Fox & Friends First. You can see him on Gutfeld tonight. Uh, we are navigating a food fight of a political week. I, really, I mean, we're a poncho if you work in cable news right now. <laughs> it's, been really, it's been really ugly out there. Um, you know what's funny? When you talk about, well, they wouldn't go after him for classified documents. This is the question I have about this unprecedented moment we inhabit. Okay, so we're indicting a president for the first time in 246 years. We've had so many other firsts, meaning we've impeached one twice. We did an FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. Do you almost get the sense that this isn't as seismic as we think because they just keep breaking these norms when it comes to Trump? I see where you're going. Yeah. It's the the law aspect of yeah. this. Because remember, impeachment really doesn't involve law yeah. so much. Anybody can impeach anybody in Congress and you don't for have anything. to go to jail. Yeah. This is the law. And the fact that we are finding a crime to fit a person yeah. and convoluting the law to do that, that's where I get worried. Yeah, and it does. It looks shaky, especially when you know you got a guy who— ran on the idea of getting Trump. Yes. It's like, how does that not get thrown out? <laughs> and if I'm elected district attorney, I'm going after Trump. And I mean, that's what he has done. It's it's so weird, you know? So I don't I don't see how it holds up. And the only thing it makes me wonder is if there's 34 counts, maybe one of them is something we haven't pondered, but I doubt it. We're getting the sense that the 34 counts are repayments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so each repayment is a count. I feel bad. I, I'm not leaving here on a, on a humor note. No, it's okay. Can I make a quick joke? Yeah, or give it to me. Foreshadow jokes. Uh, you mentioned your buddy Greg Gutfeld being short. I have one joke in reference to him being short. I have another joke written with regard to his online, how can I say, search habits. So <laughs> brace yourself for those 11 to 12 tonight on the Fox News You're channel. bringing the pain on Gutfeld tonight? You know, it's a great way to get back on the show. Insult him. <laughs> I'll tell you, what you do to get into the booking rotation is he likes to be called five foot one. Yes. It's always a way to ingratiate yourself. Todd Pyro, uh, you got a taping to get to, but thank you for this, buddy. Thanks for having me, brother. My man. Back after this on Fox Across America. Live.
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy. Jimmy. There he is. There's your pal. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour. We're going to talk with Arizona Attorney General, former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who weighs in on the fact that a former president of the United States is about to surrender to authorities this coming Tuesday. That's not right. A lot of people feel that way. Bernovich, guy who calls balls and strikes as well as any any ump in the league, will be stopping by to run the tape on this indictment. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in on a big Friday. A Friday that will conclude with myself on Waters World. I will be on Waters World. Jesse Waters show tonight at 7 p.m right here on the East Coast, uh, right here on the Fox News Channel. After that, I am off. I'm actually just a free man this weekend. No more TV tonight. No more TV tomorrow. Uh, there is a hot rumor out there that I might get four or five hours of sleep. I know I don't want to get carried away now. And I'd be really sl- I'd be slacking off now. I don't mean to f- go into full-on hibernation mode here. Uh, but it sounds like we should have a pretty relaxing weekend, and we're going to need that rest. Because if Trump is surrendering on Tuesday... I mean, all hell is about to break loose in this town. And I got to be honest, my takeaway since the idea of indicting him became a story is that this read to me like an exercise in, you know, political persecution. I think most people on the right feel the same way. Even Ron DeSantis, a guy who would be running against Trump, said Florida isn't going to cooperate in the extradition efforts. That, of course, did not sit well with Joe Scarborough. Let me give you some media reactions to this indictment, not only to the indictment itself, not only to Trump's reaction, but to the people who have spoken out against the ridiculousness of this indictment. Now, just so you understand, okay, Donald Trump is being charged with a misdemeanor that they're hoping to upgrade to a felony even though it's past the statute of limitations, they're trying to invent a legal theory here so they can jail this man for a campaign finance violation. Now, just so we're clear, okay, Hillary Clinton committed and was found guilty of a campaign finance violation. This is not okay. But it did happen. But that's what the feds told her. Barack Obama Guilty of a campaign finance violation. Don't be thick, all right? But the point is neither of them were jailed. In this instance, it really does look like a reckless reach. But knowing that that has been the precedent in the past, a lot of people, even Trump's political opponents like DeSantis, Nikki Haley, are speaking out against this indictment. After announcing yesterday that Florida would not help the feds extradite Trump, Okay, Ron DeSantis making that call on Twitter. He got this reaction from Joe Scarborough. Uh, It is clip 18. Ron DeSantis embarrassed himself by saying he was going to fight extradition charges like he has any say. I mean, again, one more Republican that really just doesn't give a damn about the Constitution of the United States. Uh, And, of course, you got to just... What's this line? Look at the Soros back. No, it's just Jews. They're attacking Jewish international bankers. It's what anti-Semites have been doing for hundreds of years, attacking Jewish international bankers. And that's what they do. 
They try to blame everything on Jewish international bankers. It's Germany, 1933. Oh, God. That was embarrassing. Really? Seriously, Scarborough? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I mean, wait, so Ron DeSantis is calling out this prosecution? Seriously, think about this. The claim here, he's calling out this prosecution because George Soros is Jewish? Come on, don't bullshit me. I just spelled it out for you. Hillary Clinton, campaign finance violation. Paid a fine. No arrest, no indictment. Barack Obama, campaign finance violation. No arrest, no indictment. That alone is grounds to call out the ridiculousness of the indictment. Getting past the fact that the statute of limitations has already expired. And they're trying to upgrade a misdemeanor to a felony at a federal level, even though the feds already passed on this case. The idea that you'd be only calling out this case because George Soros fundraised and bankrolled this prosecutor. Ergo, you're somehow tying this to anti-Semitism. I mean, you sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. You don't get it. Like, so people like Joe Scarborough, I'm even going to play you a clip. I'm not even kidding. From Joy Reid. No, God. No, I have to do it. You're going to hear from Joy Reid. Joy Reid is a race baiting loser. Totally. But she kind of picks up where Scarborough left off. People on MSNBC, this is what they do for a living, okay? The caricature of, of, you know, Fox is, well, they're right wing and they're in the tank for Trump and the Republicans, and it's not true. Think of how many times a day Trump will trash Fox News because we took a position that wasn't convenient with him, with, you know, with his, that didn't align with his. You know, the perception that we were in the tank for Trump during the Mueller probe, we weren't in the tank for Trump, we were in the tank for the truth. Okay, everybody reporting on that story knew that it was started based on opposition research from the Clinton campaign, meaning we all knew it was a scam. Some of us were up front with you about that. The others ran with it. No, the walls are closing in. He's going to jail. I'm telling you, the kids are going to testify. It's getting bad. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally. And they knew at the time that there was no Russian collusion, that they were you know, basically engineering this special counsel as a means of killing Trump in a death-by-a-thousand-cut scenario in which he'd finally self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception around the country that there was, in fact, a there there. Ah, oh, you have a good eye, my man. That's what they were going for. So you understand, Fox calling out the shenanigans, we were in the tank for the truth, okay? As it pertains to this moment right now, when we say, oh, you know, this is an unprecedented prosecution, we're telling you the truth. When we say, oh, other, you know, Democratic presidential nominees and presidents have pled guilty to campaign finance violations. We're telling you the truth. When Joe Scarborough tries to somehow lump this to anti-Semitism, like the ridiculousness of that. But it only makes sense when you understand people like Joe Scarborough, Joy Reid, what they're doing at MSNBC. This is what they're doing. I know everybody in the media, I know everybody who works everywhere, and I see them at all these ritzy cocktail parties where everybody looks at me and assumes I'm a waiter. For real, I've met every big name in media because everybody always walks over to me and says hello. At first I was like, wow, I'm really making my way in the world that everybody knows who I am at these parties. No, then I realize they see my sport coats and they just assume I'm on the staff. But the point is, having spoken to all of these people, I understand what they run on. MSNBC runs on confirmation bias, moral superiority. They get on TV every day and just tell a group of self-hating white people 
that you're better than the racist on the Republican side. You're better than the anti-Semite on the Republican side. Again, Joe Scarborough telling you that Ron, Ron, Ron DeSantis is calling out a prosecution of his political enemy because he's just that anti-Semitic. He's so anti-Semitic. It's more important to get that anti-Semitic move made than it is to help his own ambitions to get into the White House. Shut up, fool! I mean, it's the only thing you could say to Joe Scarborough. But if we're going to talk about fools, you got to bring Joy Reid into the equation. Here is Joy Reid saying DeSantis trying to trigger the far right to go to war against the Jewish community. Clip 19. For the governor of one of our largest states and most important states to throw out a miasma of words that are meant to trigger uh, the far right for his political ambitions that really do sound like that old meme that this black prosecutor must be under the secret control of this, you know, murky Jewish millionaire. That could be 1950, and it is, it is not dignified. You are so full of sh- This is the tell, and you need to know this. Analogy I've made a few times. You know when someone won't address your question head on, so they're answering the question by not answering it? A good example would be someone wants to set you up on a blind date. And they're like, hey, yeah, uh, setting you up on a blind date with this girl. You're like, great. How's she look? Well, you like sports. She loves sports. You're going to love her. Yeah, she good looking. Really funny girl. Great personality. You're like, no, no, of course. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. Um, you got any pictures of her? Well, you love Italian food. You're going to take her out for Italian food. What they're telling you is they're setting you up on a blind date with a circus freak. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. When they won't answer your question head on and they're making the conversation about something else that is always 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 the tell bingo and in this moment look at the reaction this is what the democrats do i can god i can spell it out for you so well okay i talked to you about this earlier in the week when it comes to trans rights the republican position on transgender rights is anyone over the age of 18 who wants to transition welcome to do it it's america e pluribus unum to each their own out of many one. Freedom! That is the official conservative position. Okay, anyone over 18 who's grown into their adult mature body and wants to do something about it and change it and alter it in whatever way they see fit, America, go get them, girlfriend. Okay, however, we do not encourage sex ed to kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. We do not encourage the encouragement of little five-year-old kids being told they might be in the wrong body. We're only asking for kids to have the right to grow to full maturity and continue the revolutionary process from a biological standpoint before they decide they want to permanently alter it for life. That's our position. That is our position. The Democrat characterization of it is they're trying to kill trans people. Democrats are so full of crap. But when you realize they're not arguing back against our position, they're not answering the question. You realize that there's something off here, and it's no different than this prosecution. That's two people on MSNBC who respond to DeSantis's claim that this is a weaponization of the justice system. We've never seen it in the 246-year history of our country. Other people have been faced with this same violation and paid a fine. This is the only president. He happens to be a Republican who's getting arrested for it. The Democrats don't push back against that. They push back against this made-up lane of attack, which is, well, Alvin Bragg's biggest donor is George Soros. He's Jewish. Ha-ha! 
will make it about anti-Semitism. That's what they do. But you understand in that moment, that's the reveal. Hey, I'm going to set you up with a date with this girl. She good looking? Really funny girl. You're going to love her. Yeah, what she look like? You like sports? She likes sports. They're doing the same thing with this bust. And that's how you know it's a scam. So there's a lot of people right now. We're in a dark spot. You might see a president indicted. Okay, you might see a president handcuffed and fingerprinted. And the Secret Service is going to be there. So it's going to be, you know, real tricky into how, how the logistics of that are executed. It's going to be all kinds of protests. It's going to be a big media circuit. It's going to be a powerful moment in the country. Could be something that ultimately benefits Trump long term. But regardless of who it benefits in the long term, it will hurt all of us in the short term. You know, our integrity of our justice system very much on the line. And a lot of people are going to be worked up about this on the right because it looks like a political persecution. They should be worked up. A lot of people on the left, they just have such a bloodlust for Donald Trump, are going to be worked up. But we're putting ourselves in this position at the precipice of being a banana republic. And the one side pushing us there isn't even speaking to the issue. They're speaking to a made-up charge of anti-Semitism and racism and everything in between. You know the old adage, when you got the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. Okay, I got to be honest with you. The Democrats are going to break their hands if they don't stop pounding this table. Put up or shut up. The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here, and you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. In the next break right now, just you and me riding along in the old buddy cop movie we call radio. I always say radio is a buddy cop movie. You get in the car, you hear a new partner's voice coming out of the speakers. You got to decide if you can ride along with that guy and fight crime. And, uh, you know, it's the greatest testament to how successful Rush Limbaugh was is so many people heard that voice, heard that aura, heard that atmosphere, and decided they wanted to ride along with him and, you know, fight crime. And that was Rush. He had talent on loan from God. I do not. Kept, <laughs> whatever God gave me, he doesn't want back. It's not a loan. He's like, no, no, you can keep this. <laughs> I have, like, you know when you go to that fancy restaurant and you don't wear a sport coat, so they give you that weird orange one to kind of shame? That's, that's my talent if you're going to compare me to Rush. Uh, but when it comes to caring about the country, I can stand toe-to-toe with him. I get, you know, where we're being wronged as a people. And what's so funny is this whole entire case, it hinges on Michael Cohen, a guy has pled guilty twice, he's been charged with perjuring himself, with lying. A man who's convicted of lying now has to get on the witness stand and convince a jury that he's telling the truth this time. You gotta do better than that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. But here is Michael Cohen talking about it. Uh, Trump doesn't want to accept accountability, blah, blah, blah. He's getting charged with crimes Cohen committed. It's fascinating. But here it is. Trump's former fixer. The key to this whole prosecution, clip five. As we all know, Donald is not a person who likes to accept accountability. It has to be on somebody else, always. Unfortunately, he's the one that's going on Tuesday, right, in order to get fingerprinted and mugshotted. Oh, Michael Cohen, come on, man. He's just so stupid. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Okay, so Michael Cohen's basically trying to do, as, you know, 
former fixer, a guy who worked for Trump, a guy who made these payments to Stormy Daniels, a guy who, through his lawyer, has alerted authorities back in 2018 that the payment that he made to Stormy Daniels was not reimbursed from Trump or his campaign, meaning it is not a campaign finance violation, will now be tasked with getting on the witness stand and being like, well, I was lying in the letter. I had my attorney draft and write to federal authorities. Uh, but now I'm telling the truth. And that's where you realize this whole thing hinges on such an absurdist leap of faith that people's politics are taking precedent over the well-being of the country. So the point I'm trying to make, if you listen to the show today, is I'm not even talking to you about Trump good, Trump bad. Did Trump shack up with Stormy Daniels? Did he? I don't even, none of it matters. Okay, what truly matters, what truly really matters is that we live in an America where people have faith in our biggest institutions. And right now, a lot of us don't. And the reason being is the folks running those institutions. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. You think about it. The intel community and the FBI told us Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. And they did so knowing it was based on opposition research from the Clinton campaign, knowing that every time a, you know, John Brennan, a, you know, James Clapper got on TV and Adam Schiff got on TV and was like, no, no, we've seen the collusion. We've got proof. They did it every day, knowing they were lying with no regard for the effect it would have on their integrity or the trust American people had in them. Then when that fell on its face, they took what remaining credibility they had in the run-up to the 2020 election, and 51 former Intel officials drafted a letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. <laughs> Lo and behold, we come to find out it was legitimate. Hunter's a dirtbag. Totally. But the fact remains, when it comes to discrediting our faith in institutions, it's our institutions doing all the damage. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. They're playing cool in the gang. It is getting real in the field here on Fox Across America. A lot of you know I will be in Arizona uh, June the 10th. Kennedy and I will be performing in Mesa, Arizona. That's a Saturday night. Joining us now, a man so excited about this, he's already there. He got there that far ahead of the show. We're talking about former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Hey, man. Wait, you said June and not April? No, it's June 10th. Yeah, I know. That's funny. That's funny. You got the VW bus there because you read the calendar yeah. wrong? Exactly, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's good I to hear. start selling psychedelics early for that show. So. <laughs> no, yeah, we'd, we'd probably benefit from that uh, in terms of their reception to the content. Uh, let me just dive right in headlong here. Former federal prosecutor, attorney general. I mean, you've been on every side of a case like this. Um, we always hear prosecutors want to win the first case for fear that it might taint anything that would ensue as politically motivated. And I wanted to start there with you. Do you think the fact that Trump got indicted on what a lot of people feel is a flim-flam indictment, do you think this on any level is bothering the other people hoping to indict him? Yes, I, I think it should because um, first and foremost, your job as a prosecutor, and this gets drilled in you when you're a young prosecutor, is to do justice. And you're never ethically supposed to bring a case unless you have a reasonable likelihood of conviction. And so I used to always tell folks that if you're going after uh, a judge or you know an elected statewide official or a 
you know, member of Congress, you know, you better have like video or audio mm-hmm. or, you know, um, in the old days you could say priest, but now yeah. their credibility is <laughs> not always that good. But, you know, you need credible witnesses because people will automatically assume, because I've prosecuted mm-hmm. people, <laughs> elected officials, yeah. people automatically will say, oh, my gosh, this is political in nature. They're doing it for political reasons. And Bragg has the extra baggage of having gone out and said that he was going to go after Trump. And so I think there's a lot of ethical issues and there's a lot of practical issues. And quite frankly, uh, you know, I've, most of my career has been spent as a prosecutor, but as a defense attorney, this is going to be like a dog on a bone. There is so much to work with here. And you've talked about it before about, you know, the credibility of witnesses and people like Cohen and, and, you know, it, it just, I, I think that as a prosecutor, if this case, based on what I know now, I really don't even think it meets that threshold, Jimmy, of is there a reasonable likelihood of conviction? And if there's not, knowing the environment we're in, knowing how everything's politically charged, then the case should have never been brought in the first place, regardless of, you know, who the main witness is or isn't. Well, that's why, okay, um, that's why I am on some level, knowing that to be the case, surprised that he was indicted. So does that make you believe, like, just as we don't have, you know, it's not been unsealed yet, so we don't actually know, we're just speculating but knowing he's indicted uh, and given the high standard for indicting someone of this magnitude, does it make you believe they might have more than they're letting on? Or have you lost so much faith in terms of how hyperpartisan we are that you just assume a little more of what we've already been told? I, The first thing I thought of when all this was even going on and all the rumors is that I said to myself, if this were 10 years ago, if this were before Donald Trump, was president of the United States when he was still running around, you know, the New York social scene, would this have ever happened? And the answer is clearly no. And so I I think just from a common sense point of view, we all recognize that this is so highly charged political. And I know we see this. I saw this when I was still AG when I was running for the Senate, that everything now, even with the media, everything is seen through that lens of are you a Trump person or not a Trump person? And so I think that, um, a lot of folks. This country is obviously split. I think it's the most split it's been since the Civil War, maybe more split than it was even in the late 60s. And so I think that people think of this, they look at this as being highly political. And this is where, as a prosecutor, I always say you got to be like Caesar's wife. you got to be pure. And in the environment we're in, knowing that he is the leading Republican presidential candidate, this is where you need to be extra, extra careful. It doesn't mean, you know, no one's above the law, but it mm-hmm. means that if you're going to go strike the king, you got to kill him, right? That's yeah. the old line. Mm-hmm. And that means that if you're going to prosecute somebody like this, you better make sure that you got angels as witnesses or you got video or audio tape um, and not you're not just relying on, you know, um, you know, former porn star and a disgraced <laughs> attorney who's a snitch. And as you know, snitches get stitches. Oh. Or as, as, as we say in Eastern Europe, uh, sti- snitches end up in ditches. Oh, That's wow. Yeah, they're, they're playing, you know, prison rules oh. over there. They're playing old Madden. <laughs> Eastern yes. We're talking yeah. to former Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Uh, oh, just so we're clear, I'm not advocating violence. No, gotta, never. I, I was making a joke. Never. A joke, right? Who's going to make more money, Trump selling pictures of his mugshot or Stormy selling you know what on OnlyFans? Mm, what's the uh, what's the money line on that? <laughs> not the money shot, the money line. Uh, it's probably um, not out yet, but we're going to have to check our sports book and get to the bottom of this because uh, there's a lot of money to be made in both directions. I mean, I think the long-term beneficiary will be Trump. If Trump gets cuffed, which, you know, we don't know that they will because there's Secret Service involvement. Uh, do you have a feel for that one way or the other, or do you think that's the kind of thing they're still negotiating? 
the pitcher? No, the actual handcuffs. Oh, I, and this is God's honest truth. All my years as a federal prosecutor, as a gang prosecutor, I would um, allow people, if they were represented by counsel and they weren't a flight risk, I just always thought, like, you know, it's unless someone's a d- an extreme danger, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, death penalty case, drive-by shooting, or a flight risk, you would allow them to self-surrender. Okay. I mean, there are there are prosecutors, especially there back east, um, that do the whole perp, frog march, all that stuff. Yeah. I just don't think, as a prosecutor, that's not your role is to humiliate people. It's oh. to seek justice. And so, you know, that's part of the problem. And so I'm guessing they're negotiating you know, um, you know, a volunteer, you know, through his lawyers and appearance, he's going to do his arraignment, he'll show up. And I do think as far as the money line in the picture that mm-hmm, it, you remember how like there was that picture of Elvis when the king went to go meet the president. Yeah, president Elvis and Nixon. It, that, yes, that was like the best selling picture oh. or whatever, most requested picture in White House archives. I'm guessing that this is going to be like the famous, you know, Jim Morrison <laughs> indecency picture that people yeah. put on T-shirts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be the Che Guevara T-shirt for the next generation of conservatives. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, knowing that, what you just said, and the characters, uh, you know, that you allude to, you'll refer to anyway, that they've taken a billionaire, a Fifth Avenue, you know, 14-year celebrity apprentice host turned president of the United States, and they've turned him into some, like, counterculture punk rock icon. Isn't it kind of crazy? It, it is absolutely crazy. And, you know, the whoever said you get your 15 minutes of fame, obviously uh, President Trump has gotten a lot more of that. And he uh, – I do think just from a political perspective as someone that's won, you know, twice statewide in a swing state, I think this will actually help him politically because I think it's going to galvanize. I mean I already heard from someone I know who was a, a – DeSanta supporter who's already like, well, we need to circle the wagons because they're, they're targeting, you know, high profile, high ranking Republicans. And so, you know, regardless of what the facts, what the evidence may or may not end up being, I think from a purely Machiavellian political perspective, this will help him because he's going to raise money. And I think there's going to be a natural inclination to kind of rally around him because he's being attacked. And going back to your original question is that if this is a bad case, and you know mm. there, there are prosecutors that sometimes overcharge cases, right, where you yep. have like maybe one or two underlying kind of patterns of conduct, but then they, they, they slice it up and end up getting you know a dozen charges or 14 charges, and then there some unethical prosecutors think, oh, well, if the jury hears this guy's charged with 30 counts, well, he must have done something. He must be guilty of something. You know, it's sexy, it's juicy, and, you know, even though there might only be you know, one or two kind of relevant underlying actions or, you know, conduct mm-hmm. that occurred. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, we're in this situation where, you know, the prosecutors may have gone too far. And then if you end up with additional indictments, especially if the feds do something after, you know, the whole thing with documents and yeah. how, you know, other presidents had them and vice presidents had them, it's just going to look like selective prosecution and they are targeting someone because of his her political beliefs. Yeah. And I just don't think that flies in front of a jury. And I think it's going to end up a bunch of people are going to rally behind him because they, it's the old, he may be an SOB, but he's our SOB. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it's so funny because when you think about how much incoming fire he's taken on as a politician, it is like the end of the movie Scarface when Tony Montana, you know, say hello to my little friend. But in this instance, he's living, you know, Tony Montana gets, you know, shot off the balcony and ends up in the, in the fountain. Uh, Trump has been taking on this barrage of fire 
for, you know, seven years now in the public eye. And uh, Tony Montana's making it out of the mansion for a sequel. So you're saying if he's back in the White House, uh, his little friend will actually be Alvin Bragg. <laughs> yes, well, no, I think that in the, just to keep the Scarface analogy yep. going, I think that it would be a real little cockroach. You know, <laughs> I love that line. And then well, you, you got to have the uh, – you used a different – uh, adjective, I think, before. Yeah, think, yeah. Uh, well, the, the thing about yeah. uh, movies in the 80s, Mark, is, yeah, uh, yeah the lingo. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, if you showed Blazing Saddles on basic TV, it would be 17 seconds long. Oh, my gosh. There is nothing worse. Like, have you ever seen the show Workaholics? Yep. It's actually really funny. Yep. But on Comedy Central, they keep editing it. Yeah. And it, like, totally ruins the mojo and the flow of the show. Yep. And you would think, especially on cable, you know what they're saying. Can I just hear you know, know. The, the words or can no, I hear the yeah, drug references? I always I always make that. I, I laugh because the things they try to protect us from versus the things they show us. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they won't let you hear that word on Workaholics. But when we come back... Uh, we're going to show you a quadruple homicide video in <laughs> a, a war field. You're like, oh, but but these words, you know, it's crazy. I always laugh about that with like, you know, they're editing children's books right now because they don't want little kids seeing like gendered language, but they're fine with a kid going to an actual drag show. Doesn't it seem like a misappropriation there? Uh Yes. Um, I don't know if you're trying out new material. No. So I can't tell if you're trying to be funny. No. I but... mean, it's like for real. Like there wasn't a joke. <laughs> That's just the setup. Yeah. Yeah, of, of course it's, it's it's absolutely terrible. It's like the uh, uh, yes that uh, could you imagine? And you know if uh, if like your when your your son was ten years old, if the school said, oh well, we're going to have a stripper come in today. Yeah. I mean, every parent would be outraged, right? Well, maybe yeah. not you, but most hey. parents would be outraged, right? <laughs> some would bring their dollar bills. <laughs> they, the, some would not want to be recognized from the club the night before. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, is that we'd all agree that that was like inappropriate, mm -hmm. not age appropriate, content appropriate. But somehow now there's these special protection for like, you know, drag shows. It's just it's absolutely mind boggling. And this is part of the whole problem we have in this country today where everything now is so politicized that once you get put into this block or that block, you can't have any like rational conversation no. or no one no one will see it an inch to say, Well, wait a minute, you know what, you're right. This is this is really kind of crazy. It's like so, this is the over sexualization of our kids. Like yeah. yeah, let them be kids, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's like you remember the old phrase like we'll agree to disagree? Like you can't even do that anymore. You can't agree to disagree. They're like, what do you mean you disagree? You're a monster. You know? It's hey, a well, hey, I it's the Barry Goldwater used to say, and I say it all the time, people can disagree without being disagreeable. Yeah. Unfortunately though, in our society today, this is all the whole Salinsky rules for radical influence where if someone disagrees with you, you defy, demonize, and destroy. And, you know, I, I think that when you're a principled conservative, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now. There's been yeah. a left, the governor, the current governor, when she was uh, Secretary of State, she would file bar complaints against me. When I was at the Supreme Court arguing Brnovich v. DNC, she's filing bar complaints, and she's doing it again. I'm not even in office anymore, but yeah. it's not enough for them to win. They want to punish and flog you and, you know, stick your head on a spike to send a lesson to anybody else that, hey, you better not, uh, you Do better be again. woke or else um, you're going to end up, you know, yep. you know, fighting for your livelihood. And it's just, it's really, really unfortunate because they're obviously, you and I have talked about it, and you do an amazing job using humor to bring light to these issues. But there's like serious stuff going on and we can't have we don't oh, have yeah. conversations anymore about. No, no, no. It's it's true. The world's on fire. We're all roasting marshmallows. You know, like Nero fiddled when Rome burned. It'll be like, you know, 
Biden tweeted, but I don't even believe he's tweeting. I believe somebody's tweeting for him. But the point is, yes, we're all staring at our phones. Oh, yeah, whoever's you know talking to his, his, his earpiece. I mean, you know that uh, I think Biden. You know, even when it comes to the second border, I always say that you know Biden's ready for a different kind of asylum. And uh, the fact that he is the leading Democrat once again, you know, look, I mean. He may be a nice guy or whatever. I don't know, but it's clear that he's just not there. And whoever's talking to his earpiece is is far lefty. And then really, Joe Biden ran on being. You were not talking about. He yep. he he ran on being middle of the road, and instead he's put this country on the highway to hell. I mean, it's just hey, like no, you're right. It's, it's, it's he's just he's lurched far left, and and. People didn't sign up for that. No, and I don't think it's a I think that's a sign that he's not in charge because this is beyond anything he's ever been before. It sounds like someone's running him. You know what I'm saying? But 2024, here we come because he Biden has told confidants he is the only Democrat that can beat Teddy Roosevelt. So, you know, (laughs) get in the ring, kids. Here we go. You're in trouble now, T.W. and the Rough Riders. Um, Burbage, I love talking to you, man. Let's catch up soon off the air. All right, Jimmy, you're the best. Miss you already. There he goes, the great Arizona former Attorney General Mark Brnovich, uh, current fan favorite here on the show. We are back after this. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out. There it is. There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Wrapping things up on the radio, heading over to the TV. I will be on Waters World tonight, Jesse Waters Show. Uh, it is my understanding that the great Will Kane is in for Jesse. <laughs> two, uh, two of my favorite people to do TV with. Uh, I love doing. I love doing Jesse's show with Jesse because we kill each other. A lot of dark humor during the commercial break, and then it just spills into the hit. And then me and Will Kane, who's going to be in for Jesse tonight, host of the Will Kane podcast, uh, co-host of Fox and Friends Weekends uh, here at Fox News. Uh, is he's a devout sports fan, huge sports fan. Is it, you know, obviously a past career at ESPN. So he and I always communicate in like stunted sports analogies, and again, it always spills into the hit. So I always love doing TV with somebody I speak a shorthand with, because uh, it gives the whole thing just a spontaneity and a debauchery that makes it very natural, very fun. Nobody's having a better time than me, and uh, you guys have made all this possible, so take a bow because I appreciate you guys so much so that this weekend I will get back to every one of my social media messages. I got behind on Facebook by like a few hundred messages, returned all of them earlier in the week. Uh, Then I did a bunch of primetime TV this week, got a bunch of messages back. I'm a little behind, but the point is when I get off the air tonight, I'm done. I don't have any TV till Monday. So uh, I will get back to every one of you that has taken the time to reach out to me because the whole hook of the show is it is our thing. Damn it. This is our show. You guys are all the stars. It is not just me. It is all of us. We have created this unique forum where you can get together and engage in a good faith exchange of ideas. And uh, the host of the show doesn't exactly have to be a valedictorian (laughs) to hold this whole thing together. is a P-I-G pig. I would say pig, uh, but I would say, you know, I am a pretty hungry guy. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizza. I mean, really? Uh, tonight, God knows where this one's going to take us. It's Lent, so I can't eat meat. It's Friday. But uh, I might throw down, for real, I might throw down three or four pizzas by the time this one's over. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No. <laughs> the world's on fire. A week that began on radio with a horrific school shooting 
ends with a terrible indictment, judicial malpractice from where I sit, a bad time for America, but a good time to remind yourself we are all in the fun business, Holmes. If you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you fought more about the Trump indictment or you yelled and screamed about the gun debate that's never going away. You're going to wish you went out and you had some damn fun. So go out and have some more fun, whatever that means, okay? Have the happiest weekend allowable by law, whatever that means to you. That's my advice. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. Just don't be a... The world of business moves fast. Stay on top of it with the Fox Business Rundown every Monday and Friday. Listen to the Fox Business Rundown starting May 20th at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.